بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم Welcome back to our series on the Quran's du'as and the du'as from the sunnah called I am near or unlocking hearts I am very pleased to present one of the most frequently recited ada'iyah, which is the plural of the word du'a, to us on this day of Ramadan. A du'a that most, if not all of us, have heard and memorized and probably recite frequently as well. And that du'a reads, رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ O oh, our Lord, Give us in this world good, or rather excellence. وفي الآخرة and in the next world حسنة excellence. وقنا عذاب النار and save us from the punishment of the fire. The reference for this du'a is the second surah of the Quran, Surah Al-Baqarah, and the verse is verse number two hundred and one. Now, while we all know this du'a and probably recite it quite frequently. There's so much benefit to take from this dua. So let us learn together and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to do so. Ameen. In the Quran, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about hajj. And in verse number 200, Allah says, بَعْدَ أَنْ أَقُولَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَذِكْرِكُمْ آبَاءَكُمْ أَوْ أَشَدَّ ذِكْرَى when you have completed your rituals of Hajj, then remember Allah as you have remembered your forefathers or more intense in remembrance. Now, this is in relation to a practice of Jahiliyyah where there would be a form of Hajj, but many of the practices went astray from the original teachings of Nabi Ibrahim So the Arabs, after Hajj, would spend the days on Mina or the days at Muzdalifa after the Hajj and they would often just remember their forefathers of the tribes. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to formally rectify what was, what was led astray as far as the Hajj is concerned. And he told us, Take your rituals from me. So our Hajj is based on the practices and the statements and the approvals of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even though it was originally performed by Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Here, in surah number 2, verse number 200, Allah says, instead of remembering your forefathers, spend those days remembering Allah. So the three days of tashriq are known as the days of dhikrullah. So we recite takbir therein, and we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah tells us about the du'as of people, and how... People are different in relation to what they feel for, what they desire from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, فَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا From among the people, there are those who say, O oh our Lord, give us in this world. O oh our Lord, give us in this world. Full stop. And then Allah says, وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقٍ and there will not be for him in the year after any portion, no share. So this type of individual is the one who only asks for dunya, 
whether it be on Hajj or in the month of Ramadan or whenever they are told make dua, their thoughts always race to dunya we need. Oh Allah, give me a house. Oh Allah, give me a car. Oh Allah, save my job. Oh Allah, grant me an increase in sustenance. Oh Allah, you know, only for the sake of material gain. Now, there's nothing wrong with asking Allah for dunya matters. In fact, there are many, many ada'iyah where we specifically ask Allah for matters in the dunya. Others, both the dunya and the akhirah, and others, only the akhirah. But what we learn here is that some people exclusively have concern for the dunya. Therefore, they only ask for it. They've never asked Allah for anything of the akhirah. So as a warning, Allah tells us about them and he tells us that this type of person will have no share in the world you're after. May Allah protect us and not make us from them. And it also interestingly demonstrates that Allah does not say they will have nothing in the dunya because perhaps Allah will still grant them in the dunya everything that they ask for and then they are misled into thinking that Allah is pleased with them because he's answering all of their dunya du'as. But it's just a sign, and may Allah forbid that this doesn't happen to us, it's a sign that Allah is not actually pleased with them because He's only giving them in the dunya. They have no concern for the akhirah. May Allah grant us the understanding. Then in the next verse, Allah says, وَمِنْهُمْ And some of them, right? So He spoke about some type of people who are only, who are only worried about the world. But then there are others, وَمِنْهُمْ they are those who say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Oh, our Lord, grant us good in this world. Notice the previous group didn't say grant us good in this world. They said grant us in this world. In other words, they don't care whether the increase that they receive or whether the dunya that they receive will lead them astray from the Sirat al Mustaqim as long as they see the material gain. But those who Allah praises here, they say, Grant us goodness in this world. Grant us excellence in this world. So yes, we want of the dunya, but only that which would be good for us. Grant us risk, but only that which would be beneficial for us. Grant us uh, affluence, but only that which would bring us closer to you. Because that's our concern. If it's going to be detrimental to our akhirah, then no, we don't want it. But they don't stop there. They don't only ask for good or excellence in this world. They also ask for the world you're after. وَفِي akhirati hasana, And give us excellence in the world you're after. Another way to translate this is, O oh Allah, O oh our Lord, give us the best of this world and give us the best of the world you're after. So their concern is there for the akhirah as well. And they don't just want the you know basic minimum of the akhirah. They just want salvation from the fire or they just want basic entry into Jannah no they want excellence in the world you're after just like they wanted excellence in this world but on top of that they also ask and save us from the punishment of the fire but if one thinks about it salvation from the punishment of the fire should by necessity be included in the request for excellence in the world you're after because that's general so there's an exclusive and specific mention of salvation from the fire after already asking for the best of the world you're after. What we call dhikrul khas ba'd al-aam, mentioning a specific request after already mentioning 
the general request. But what this also demonstrates to us is that this type of individual, this person who wants the best in this world and the best in the world you're after, is only really praiseworthy because their concern for the year after outweighs their concern for this world. And for that reason, they are asking double of what they asked for this world. For this world, they ask, Atina fi dunya hasana. And then for the year after, they said, Wafil akhirati hasana. So that's the same in the sense of asking for the best. But then they double up on that and say, Wakina adabannar. And save us from the punishment of the fire. So if we divide up this person's concern based on the dua, we find that two-thirds of the concern, two-thirds of the desire, two-thirds of the objective with the life that Allah had given them is to attain excellence in the akhirah. And one-third is there to establish themselves in this world and to use it to the best of their ability. And then through that, they want the best of success that one can possibly get in this world. But still, their concern for the akhirah outweighs it. And from this supplication, we can also learn how we should divide our time and where we should be focusing our energy and how we should be investing our money and how we should be dividing our concern within our life. Because if we are striving predominantly for this world and establishing us in this world and getting the best degree and the best house and the best car and it's consuming us and our business is consuming us and it's distracting us from the akhirah and the akhirah becomes an afterthought where our salah is the thing that would be delayed until almost the end of the waqt if not completely outside of its waqt where our work comes first or our entertainment comes first or the best of our gadgets come first, and we put Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala last, then how can we justifiably claim to be from among those whose two-thirds are focused on the akhirah and one-third on this dunya? So this dua is impactful. So much so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Ula'ika, those ones, the ones who have the full Dua, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kina adhabannar. Those ones, lahum nasibum mimma kasabu. They will have their portion of what they earn. Wallahu sari'ul hisab. And Allah is swift in reckoning. Allah is swift in fulfilling the account. So certainly we want to be from among this group. Those who who want the best in this world. We also learn from the supplication that a Muslim shouldn't be a settler, a settler in the sense of settling for average or settling for basic uh, quality or minimum. No, we should strive for the best because Allah is teaching us to ask him for the best, not just to ask for the dunya, but to ask for excellence in the dunya. So be the best version of whatever career it is that you are in, be the best in that. Be the best student in your class. Be the best doctor, the best lawyer, the best engineer, the best accountant, the best actuarial scientist, the best carpenter, the best painter, the best plumber. Be the best because Allah teaches us to be such in the Quran. But do not let your concern and your engagement in the dunya outweigh your concern for the akhirah. There you should want the best and even better than that. So of course, 
we all want to be saved from the fires of Jahannam, but we also want to be in Jannatul Firdaus. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ tells us we should ask for. When you ask Allah for Jannah, ask for Jannatul Firdaus. Ask for the highest Jannah. Because we should be the best not only here, but also in the Akhirah. Let's weigh ourselves up and look at our lives. How much time have we invested in our education that would support primarily, if not exclusively, our dunya pursuits? How much energy have we spent in pursuing our material possessions? How much time, energy, concern, stress, investment, etc. do we place within our businesses or in our careers? How have we reared our kids and our family? And are we orientated more towards this world or more towards the world you're after? Have we at least, at least even balanced what we've given our children for this world with an equal amount of preparation for the world you're after? These are questions that we should seriously reflect upon in this month of Ramadan. How much time have we spent in front of a screen, just frivolous activities or even committing haram wal-ayyadu billah? as opposed to the time we spent in front of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the time where we can look within and reform our actions so that we can strive for better. And there's no better, better time than in Ramadan because Allah is waiting for our tawbah. And he's looking forward to forgiving us of our sins and replacing our bad deeds with good deeds, inshaAllah. What we learn from the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that he had certain supplications that he would frequently supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. According to one narration, the dua that he would read most frequently is Ya muqallib al-kulub, thabbit qalbi ala dinik. O changer of hearts, make my heart firm upon your religion. And another narration indicates that one of the most frequent supplications of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was this very dua. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ And when looking at the meaning, it makes complete sense why this specific dua was one of his most frequent supplications. And in a nutshell, it is very comprehensive. This dua covers every possible thing we could ask Allah of goodness in this worldly life and it covers every possible request we could ask of Allah for the next world by asking Allah grant me the best in this world and the best in the world you're after and save me from the fire of Jahannam so it's an all-encompassing supplication and it's a supplication that we receive from the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself and it's a supplication that reminds us to strive for not just average or for basic, but to strive for absolute excellence in everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's a dua that teaches us how to proportion our lives and how to proportion our priorities and how to actively engage with consciousness our everyday existence here in this earth. And when we recite this dua, we know that there's certain times where it has become specifically sunnah, like in the tawaf between the Ruknul Yamani and the Hajrul Aswad towards the end of each round. So this dua, as powerful as it may have seemed to you before, 
hopefully now would hold so much more significance. So when we, when we read it, when we recite it, when we teach it to others, let us connect with it in the same way. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته